This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, groups, organisations, companies and individuals around the district are planning their event for this year's St Albans Sustainability Festival. Sustfest Working Group Chair Jill Watson, who's joined us here on Environment Matters, says, We know the lockdown is very challenging for everyone. We asked ourselves if it was the right time to have another festival, especially after the disappointment of cancelling in 2020. However, we believe that local residents are passionate about building environmental sustainability and threats to our environment just can't wait. Also, this year, the UK hosts the Global Climate Change Conference COP26 and local communities need to get their voices heard. Well... Absolutely, Jill. Let's show the world that here in our corner of the UK, we are serious about sustainability. So just to recap, Sustfest is two weeks of events from the 23rd of May to the 6th of June. They can take place all over the district. It can be anything that helps us be a bit more sustainable. And they're run by or by people like you and me. So it could be something as small as just a cup of tea and a chat about your favourite veggie meals with your neighbours to a full-blown but possibly this year online climate conference with your church. Now the good news is that this year you've got until the 6th of April to decide on your event and register it on the SUSFEST website to ensure that your event can be part of the online programme. And of course if you don't want to be in the programme, if it's just a private event, then you've got even longer. And if you need a bit of inspiration or to find out a little bit more, go to the SUSFEST website, sustfest.org. Org. Now, with their latest draft local plan being withdrawn in November last year following issues raised by government-appointed planning inspectors about some of the content and the way it was prepared, St Albans City and District Council is now working on preparing a new local plan. This is the district's overarching planning document that will affect what can be built and where up to the year 2038. But even before those decisions have been made, planning applications are being made for significant development around the district. And one such application is for the land behind 112 to 156B Harpenden Road. Planning permission has been sought by Hunston Properties and the trustees of the Sewell Trust for the building of up to 150 homes. But local people say that this is not an appropriate place for such a development. I spoke to G Smedley from the protest group Clash to find out more about the land and what their objections are. And I started by asking G what's on the land at the moment. It's a lovely area. The particular site of this proposal is a beautiful field that contains a wetland area. In the summer months, it's full of wildflowers. The field is bordered on one side with the back hedgerows of the houses that border it. And then on the other three sides, it has the wild hedgerows and trees trees 
And within that, there are all the species you would expect, plus some protected species. There are the protected species that we would hope would be there, given that this area has never been developed. So that sounds lovely. But the government and there's plenty of housing charities, and they say that we need more houses to help people who can't afford a home. Do you agree that we need to build more houses? I'm certainly one of those who I think generation rent have been hard done by. The growth in house prices has really knocked a lot of people off the housing ladder in areas where those particular professions might have been able to afford housing. But what I have also learned is that the population growth that we are being told to mitigate for, that is not a static growth figure. That is something that ebbs and flows over time. You know, we have have higher levels and lower levels of immigration uh, in certain areas and industries attract and then they decline and then they go up. So nationally, there are certain policies and then locally, there need to be certain policies. One thing that we have been advised is that the effects of Brexit and the effects of the pandemic have substantially reduced the population of the south of England. The southeast in particular has been hard hit. The ONS produces its figures on an annual basis. There is a little bit of a lag and a catch up. And this is what councils need to do. They have to base their forecast housing on what the ONS is projecting, not use figures from two or three years ago, especially when we have key events that we have not experienced in a generation, such as removing ourselves from Europe, a pandemic. These things are are substantial to our understanding of what the population will be, what housing need will be. And it's actually the population deciding that this isn't the right place to live because they can work remotely. You know, they can work from another country even and deliver whatever services they have needs to be understood and needs to feed in to the housing need at a local level using the statistics that are formally released and not just bypassing those and using old ones. So the local district council, they are thinking about planning very much at the moment in their deliberations about the next draft of the local plan. And you think that that is crucial to the decision about what should happen to this site? Why is that in particular? Yes, absolutely. At the end of last year, the planning inspectorate made some key recommendations when they saw that the old draft local plan was not fit for purpose. And some of their findings were around the issue about St Albans Council's assessment of sites and the call for site process and actually not allowing some of the smaller infill development sites on the basis that they were too small. This particular site, whilst it might seem like a couple of hectares, is part of a broader North St Albans location that was identified in the master plan. And our concern is twofold now that the call for sites process under the new local plan, that won't be allowed to run effectively and won't be allowed to actually deliver a review on smaller sites. This site really should be assessed 
in that process first before a planning application can be granted. Is it a small site that's just tacked onto the back of some houses? Is it actually a site that's opening the door to the broader North Location site? I don't think we should be forced into releasing Greenbelt on the basis that the local plan doesn't exist yet. So you've got some particular concerns about this site. Let's just start with your concerns about traffic issues. We've actually looked at this scientifically rather than being residents of the local area and experiencing the traffic issues. We've seen that the traffic report that is being relied on is using data from 2011. Some of the assessments made by the transport surveys make statements such as the maximum waiting time at the ancient Britain lights is five minutes at peak times. And I think anybody who has travelled the Harpenden Road in either direction on a weekday morning knows that that is not the case. Having these type of assessments being submitted, they just don't contain any of the facts. And I guess unless a councillor or planner sits on the Harpenden Road with me in my car, they don't experience what's happening. And you might say, well, why do you sit in your car so often? Well, this site is not so close to St Albans. It's it's on the edge. It's it's a bit further away. It is part of the Greenbelt. It is a significant distance from the station. It's not a short walk into town. There really needs to be an accurate reassessment of these particular issues to allow for correct decision making. This particular application puts in some cycle lanes. It puts in some movement estimates, which are woefully low. Realistic estimates need to be factored in as to what the movements would be and also a realistic representation as to what the current situation, removing all lockdowns, will be once it settles back down. So it's not just concerns about traffic. You've also got concerns around the wildlife and green space implications if this development was to go ahead. Do you just want to outline those? Yes, we have reviewed the ecological report. When I say we, I keep referring to a we. There's a group of local residents who have in the past managed to successfully delay the development of the Greenbelt. There have been in recent times two key applications for this site that were turned down by uh, essentially the Secretary of State because at that time the local council was against and had objected and the Secretary of State at appeal upheld the fact that the local council offered a refusal. Uh, And, you know, quote unquote, it's a valuable piece of open greenbelt. There are views across to key areas today that view includes Hartwood Forest and the the ecological survey that's been put in was assessed by a member of our uh, residential group to be woefully lacking in terms of the methodology that was put together. The assessment was made on one particular day in summer last year. All the wild wildflowers unfortunately have been mowed down in advance of that assessment but luckily lots of keen photographers in the area have lots of evidence to show there's a lot of natural flora, fauna etc. An ecological survey requires a certain process. That process must be followed. It has to have the survey on various dates in the year that encompass all the seasons so that we get a full 
picture of what that land delivers to us. A term that has been suggested, and I don't know if this does apply fully, but a a wild flower water meadow is a a term that has been suggested for this site because it acts as the the, the basin of a local flood area. If anyone who travels along Sandridgebury Lane up towards Sandridgebury Stables and beyond, they will know there is flooding on Sandridgebury Lane at regular intervals. This particular site collects much of that water and in return the habitats are much richer for it. I note that the new framework for farming policy and farming and agricultural subsidies will actually give that type of land a very high valuation in terms of those subsidies. We really need to think about this as a community, as a generation, for the sake of that land, but all of the area around that relies on that land in terms of that runoff of water as well. So what are you doing to oppose this application? We are, first of all, trying to raise as much awareness as we can. So having this interview is great. Thank you very much. And also really trying to encourage people to review the documentation themselves, put forward their views, and we hope they will object. And we possibly, we are in a scenario where we'd like a few more experts to come along and help us. That would be great. So if anyone's listening to this, please get in touch. And you can find us on Facebook under Save North St Albans Greenbelt. Uh, you can contact us on clash.2 at yahoo.com. We're trying to get out there as much as we can on social media. We encourage you to write to your councillors, but also object formally. And then if you've got any other ideas of what we can do, we'll definitely take them. <laughs> we're, 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 you know, we're in the, in the process of, of really trying to formulate how can we protect this space as well as understand the need for housing and get the right sort of housing. As I said, we're, we're not a group who are here to squash somebody's dream of home ownership, but we totally are aligned with the issues around protecting the Greenbelt and protecting the boundary between St Albans and then Sandridge Bree and Sandridge and Chilick Bree to the north and then Harpenden and beyond. I was talking there to protest group Clash spokesperson G Smedley. And whatever your views are on the planning application, you can see all the plans and other documents on the planning applications page of St Albans District Council's website. And the application number is 5 slash 2021 slash 0423. That's 5 slash 2021 slash 0423. And I'll put that application number in the show information on radioverulam.com and also on the Environment Matters Facebook page. Now, local author and tree enthusiast Kate Bretherton emailed Amanda at radioverulam.com to ask if you'd like to be involved in the planned exhibition at St Albans Museum and Gallery from September this year to January next year. Kate says that they hope to show some of Donato Cinicolo's lovely photographs of St Albans trees in an exhibition entitled The Remarkable World of Trees. Now, Kate has started 
started working already on this with St Albans Civic Society tree representative and has funds ready. And she asks us if you're interested in being part of this exciting opportunity, you come along to their first meeting, which is planned on Wednesday, the 24th of March at 7pm. And if you'd like to find out more, then email Kate and her email address is kate at hellotrees.co.uk. That's kate at hellotrees.co.uk. And Kate is a fantastic example of a local woman who has worked hard to raise the profile of environmental issues locally. And she's not the only one, of course. So let's take a moment in this, the week of International Women's Day, to celebrate women like Kate, like G, fighting for her corner of Greenbelt and chair of the Susfest working group, Jill Watson. And there are so many more. So great work, girls. And another group of wonderful women are Seroptimist International St Albans and District and they invite you to join them on Monday the 22nd of March from 7.30 for an event labelled How Can Women Lead on Reducing Carbon Footprints? Carbon Literacy Project Trainer Linda Shaw will investigate climate change and how women can lead on carbon footprint reduction. Everybody is welcome and I'm delighted to say that Linda will be joining me next week on the show to talk about why the Seroptimists are prioritising climate change and why she thinks that women are well placed to lead on carbon cutting. So do stay in touch or get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore environment or take a look at the Environment Matters Facebook page or do drop me a line on amanda at radioverolum.com. I'm going to be back at the same time next week talking to Linda. Until then, thank you for listening.